Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host as always, Kara Drescher, and today on the show, I am talking with Marie Benoit, licensed clinical social worker and women's trauma coach. Marie is one of the brilliant minds behind Unbound Women. Unbound Women helps women, ready for this? with ancestral wounds and healing from them and becoming a new you, essentially. It is an incredible company. I love Unbound Women and I love everything that they stand for. Marie is brilliant. This conversation that we're having today is sort of a look at what ancestral wounds are, what that really means, and steps that you can take to get yourself healing from those so that you can live a happier, better life. So, You will want to listen to this episode, so stick around. I will see you in just a minute. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Hello. It's so good to be here. Finally, we get to connect. Finally is right. We have been planning this for such a long time, and a lot has changed since we first talked, and I've just been so psyched. You have so many exciting things that you guys are doing with Unbound Women. And I'm super excited. I, you know, I'm always keeping up with you on Instagram. I see all of the amazing things that you post and I've been just excited to hear a bit more about Unbound Women. And and actually before we actually, no, I was going to say, before we get into it, I want to kind of hear what this big transition was, but before we even talk about that, let's talk about what Unbound Women is and how this incredible thing started because there's a really cool story there you told me before and I love it okay um well what it is I just wrote something I think maybe I'll just read for you a little bit about what it is so it says sister to heal yourself you must first illuminate the wounds that lay within for when you shine a light you begin to welcome all, all parts of yourself into existence beckoning the outdated ancestral patterns to unleash, calling you home to anchor into a new path of being. So Unbound Women, we are here to help you develop a mental, physical, and spiritual connection to your internal guidance system to reclaim your highest loving self. I love that. I I mean, and the way you read it, you're so passionate about this. I love it. It's my life. I just, I, I was, I was um, thinking last night, I had a a scare with my dog last night, actually. Mm. Um, She's my 11 year old boxer. We've had her since um, our marriage, basically. She, her name is Karma. She's good Karma. We just love her so much. And I was going through a really hard, you know, experience because, you know, something was going wrong with her that could have been fatal. Mm. And, um, I was able to reach out to my friends, my girlfriends, one of them being Krista, who Mm -hmm. is the sole piece of her unbound woman. And I realized that um, all my life, I always wanted sisters. I always wanted sisters. I had two brothers Mm -hmm. and they were older and, and we were kind of close, but they were five, six years older than me. And I would always watch movies like the sisterhood of the traveling pants or what have you. And I would just, love like the bonds that women shared or girls shared with each other and I was always bullied in school emotionally mm-hmm. and I was like ah oh, gosh I know that's out there but where are these women where are they I want to find them and 
I realized I finally have that. Not only do I have that in my life now, um, but I'm creating a platform that's calling the sisterhood in. And I didn't even realize that until last night. How incredible is it though, to, to feel that, especially when you have, you know, that person that you can turn to, and then you kind of get this, like, whoa, this is what I'm creating. This, Mm -hmm. this thing that I've craved that I've needed for so long. And it's happening in such a beautiful way. How cool is that? How is your dog? Is she better? She's got, um, one of her muscles in her heart is deteriorating, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, um, she's going to take some medicine and there's just a small chance that it could not be okay, but we're really hopeful. She's really strong. I'm going to say super positive for you. Boxers are my favorite breed of dog. My husband and I are always talking about when we have a bigger place, maybe we'll get a boxer. It's always a boxer or a Rottweiler. I like both, but I prefer boxers. My husband is like, boxer it is. They are. They're most beautiful dogs. Well, we are pulling for you. She's going to do great. I love that her name is Karma. I think that's (laughs) just so incredible. And (laughs) sweet and wonderful and you know I'm just excited that she's a boxer you know like I said my favorite um so Krista you mentioned she's the sole heart of Unbound Women and and I know um you know you guys have such a great approach with this you know mind body soul you know that's that's something that's super important to me and you know when we talked months ago you know you, you guys, the three of you had a different, um, message, a different approach to what you were doing in your business. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what that was and and kind of how that came about. And, and then, you know, how you transitioned into this really unique, um, new direction that is so brilliant, I think. I, I, I just, I'm so, I've been so curious for months to hear about you know, kind of how this new direction came about? Yeah. So the first direction was more geared towards women with like gastrointestinal issues and anxiety, because there's a huge correlation between that. And I don't know if you know this, but like 70% of the women in in America report like some kind of gut issue. Mm. Um, So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, And like I was saying, um, when I was younger, uh, when I was 10, my father passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we had moved to a new community. And I wasn't safe in this community, like emotionally safe. Yeah. So my body was not safe. My mind was not safe. Nothing was safe. And so I developed pretty severe anxiety mm-hmm. and panic. And it showed up in my guts. And so I get sick every day, basically. And I just thought it was a body problem. And so for years, and so I was just in like denial city that I had anxiety for so long. Um, And so that was really near to my heart because of that experience. And I also felt so alone in it and and very judged Mm -hmm. too. Um, And so I wanted to create a place for women that had these issues to come and to heal basically. Mm -hmm. But what we found is that, you know, those are just the symptoms to a deeper root, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's three of us. And so we, the three of us have to work together and find out, like, who, who is our person? Like, who do we want to work with? 
And what we were finding, it was, it wasn't just gut pain and anxiety. Mm -hmm. There was a much bigger picture to that. That was like something that made each of our souls light on fire Mm -hmm. when we got to it. So we had a meeting together and we talked it through and we realized who's the person that we're actually calling. Basically, it's basically women that feel stuck or feel alone or just feel like kind of like in purgatory in their life. Mm -hmm. And they, they feel like this urge that like there's something else out there for them, but they don't know what it is and they don't know how to get there. So we ultimately want to help women stand up into their highest light or to their highest loving selves, basically into their power. Because I believe when you do that, you're going to discover your gift. And so many women feel like they don't have like a passion in this life. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that because I'm so passionate, like you said, about what I do. Um, that that would kill me. Um, I was actually having a discussion with this woman that I met at a Super Bowl party at my neighbor's house the other day. And I was telling her about what Unbound Women is and what I do. And she just started to cry. And she's like, I don't know what I'm crying. Um, it's just like, it's really emotional what you're, you know, what you're talking about. It sounds amazing. She was like, what I do is just so soulless. You know, and that really hit me as there's a lot of people out there that don't feel connected to themselves or what they do. Absolutely. You know, you know that it's so it's such a powerful thing because I've I've had that conversation with a lot of people that I love that just complete. I don't love what I do. I don't have that spark. And it Mm -hmm. breaks my heart because I feel strongly that everyone should have that passion, should feel that spark inside of them that they, you know, no matter how much you love your work, you don't wake up every single day going, I'm so excited to do my job. But (laughs) what you do need, I think, in order to live a happy, healthy, really fulfilling life is to wake up and say, I love what I do, even though today might not be the best day and Mm -hmm. not terribly excited to work today. I love this work that I do, whatever that is. So I think that's incredible that, that, you know, that, that, how can I word what I'm saying? I think two things. I think it's really incredible that you guys have, you know, changed your direction to really not change your direction. To me, you, you found your direction. You know what I mean? You found that this is what we want, that you're super Mm -hmm. passionate about. I mean, it peeled, it peeled itself back basically. Yes. Well said. And, and I see it every day on Instagram really, because that's, that's where, you know, I connect with most people these days and I see your passion and I see the words that you use and the images that you use. And it's very deeply touching, you know what I mean? To really feel like this person gets it because I think a lot of people don't get it. Totally. <laughs> don't, you know, don't understand. That's I don't decision. know how to word it. Yes. That's why we're not connected. That's, you know, that's where we're helping women go is from the disconnection. It's so interesting to me because even when I like have calls with women and it's basically like a free coaching call, that's mm-hmm. what I'll say it is because I can't help myself. And I always want women to like walk away with resources or a tool that they can use, or just like more clarity on like, even if they're not it's not this program's not for them, then that's totally fine. Like, where can they go? Maybe it's like some therapy or maybe like some different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I always find that um, if they don't make a commitment and they get off the call, that that fear just comes back and and they find the excuse, the contraction of their nervous system tells them, oh, I can't do this. And they make an excuse. My husband says I can't do this or that it's not going to work for me or, you know, it's too much money. But I always tell people like invest in yourself because Mm -hmm. it makes all the difference. Like you will make more money. You will have more time. You will have more energy. And I know this because I've lived this experience. Right. You have, you've lived it firsthand. You know Mm -hmm. exactly what committing to yourself, how it can and will change your life. And I feel like that's not even like really um, saying it, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think something that, that you're saying that that's really um, speaking to me, if you will, is the way you said that you just can't help yourself. And, and that's the part that I think makes what you guys do so powerful is that you want people or women, I mean, people, but women, because that's your focus, to have the tools that they need to make this change in their life so that they can I don't want to say move on, but move forward yes. and live their life. You know, I always say you don't just want to exist. You want to live and living life to me is loving life and feeling passionate about every day, even if it's a crap day, because we all know those days, <laughs> they mm-hmm. are real, but man, it's just, it's very powerful to me. And my, mm-hmm. my thought process sort of went on a tangent there that happens to me yeah but it's true we won't we won't let somebody into the program if we don't think they're a good fit and it might be because they're just not ready to experience it yet and I don't want to let somebody in that's not ready for it because then they're not going to experience that they want and they're not going to have the results they want and the women that come through our program all of them that have come through they've gotten the results they have wanted you know yeah they were ready because it's it's yeah. a big change and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot of the time people think, you know, a, a, a program like yours or mine or, or, you know, an, another um, coach or something that, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, it is. And there's a reason that there's, uh, I don't want to say hefty price tag because it's not quite what I mean, but there's a reason why there's a large investment because it's work. Right. You're if you put a work. small investment right into something, it's going to be a small shift, you know, exactly. but yes, big, but people think, well, maybe I'm being taken advantage of, right. You know, because they don't, that's the thing they don't trust. Mm-hmm. And when you don't trust your nervous system is stuck in contraction and those are patterns. And that's what we're trying to break. We're trying to break these ancestral patterns that have been passed down to women, yes. women, we don't even trust each other. And that's a deep sisterhood wound that I'm also would like to help break. You know, I want to normalize that that women, we can trust each other and like, Hey, I'm here for you. And I wouldn't be telling you this if it wasn't the truth. Yes. See, and that's a beautiful thing. Something I want to ask you about, you you just mentioned um, the, what did you say? Ancestral wound. I think Mm -hmm. you said, I want to talk to you more about that Yeah, because that's something that you talk a lot about. And I think there's just such a, a beautifully unique approach there. And that's something that I think is super special about what you guys do. And I would really love if you could elaborate a little bit more on kind of what that means. 
in terms of like being passed down, because, you know, I I think that's just what you talk about is so exciting. And like, here I am like, Oh, tell me more. I'm so excited, but it's, it's just such an amazing approach. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law, who's one of my best friends. We're having a conversation earlier tonight and we were talking about her grandmother and her grandmother wanted so terribly to be a librarian, but she couldn't basically because she was a woman and she, you know, couldn't work. And, and, and there was all this stuff that through our conversation, I kept thinking of you because the way we were talking about it, it just was so much of what her grandmother experienced and how my sister-in-law is trying very hard right now to make a change in herself, Mm -hmm. not based on, but related to what her grandmother couldn't do that she's like, well, I'm yeah. going to do, you know, and, and, and just made me yeah. think of you. So mm-hmm. if you could share a little bit about <laughs> that, I, I would love that. Cause I think it's just so fascinating. Yeah. And very real. Well, so trauma in Greek actually means wound, which I think is amazing. I didn't know that. And I think tra- the word trauma gets used a lot around the world now and I really like the word wound because that's what it means anyways we all carry wounds everybody has been wounded in some way and ancestral wounds just means that literally you can pass down wounds through your DNA epigenetics and through your nervous system Hmm. and so when trauma occurs like cellular to a cellular level your 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 cells actually change Basically, it's crazy. And Dania oh, talked all about this in our cycle, their thirteen-week program. And what I what I really specialize in is in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And we pass down wounds through the nervous system. It's through dysregulation. And mm-hmm. so, if you have a mother that you know couldn't get a job as a librarian, and she's experiencing a lot of overwhelm and anxiety because of that, and she has you in her womb while this is happening you're going to experience that cortisol levels that's being taken into you and you share a nervous system with her. And so then you come into the world with already those patterns of dysregulation built into you. I'm speechless right now because it's so, to me, there's kind of two parts there. It's fascinating because you think to yourself, oh my God, what? But then Hmm. for me being who I am, the other part of me is like, it's incredible the way our bodies work. It's incredible the way our body works down to a cellular level and, and more. It's incredible because it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And yes, ah, yes. Right? It, that's what's so incredible about it is that it makes sense to me. It's one, It blows your mind when you think about it at first. And then you're like, wait. Why it's is that mind blowing thing? The, the last 10 years I've been putting these puzzle pieces together because I love learning. Mm-hmm. And every time I learn something new, I'm like, ah, yeah, that makes it so all much makes sense. sense. That's and it, I'm starting to be like, under, trust myself more. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, last month I got one of the strands of COVID That's and it sad. wasn't super fun. No. And this week I got like a cold sore in my mouth and <sighs> I was like, that's really weird. Like I don't ever get cold sores. And I was like, I wonder if my body is like still like really like, you know, my immune system is pretty down still because of COVID. And then I looked it up and there's like a pretty big link between that and COVID. And I was like, 
Oh my God. I was right. Like my immune system is still down. Like, yeah. So that gave me more knowledge of like supplements that I could be taping to help myself, but I did not used to trust my body. And actually just the sisterhood of even having Dania in my life. Cause Krista, Dania and I are like sisters basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she's taught me so much about my body. Um, she actually was my coach when, and I didn't even know her that well, um, when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. she helped me so much. Um, yeah, she changed my life in a lot of ways because like when I was sick with COVID last month, I, uh, kept telling myself what Daniel always tells me is that your body is capable of healing itself. It's an organism that can heal. And I love that. And so I just kept repeating that to myself because I kept getting in that like old pattern of thinking, like mm-hmm. this is the worst. I'm never going to feel better. I'm going to be one of those people that's sick forever. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Mindset. Oh, right there. Mindset, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is like, you know, it, it, it it's something really incredible to be able to change those thought patterns because that's part of all of this that 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 you are doing that you work on with people mm-hmm. you know it, it it's incredible to me to look at you know kind of like two parts i mean there's way more than two parts but just kind of what we're talking about in this moment here is you know these ancestral wounds that are part of you mm-hmm. but then there's the changing how you're thinking and realizing because I know from personal experience you get stuck in these thought patterns and Mm -hmm. it's just you can't go anywhere you just can't you get stuck and I talk to women every day that say stuck like every Mm -hmm. person I talk to says stuck um and I used to because I'm a therapist by trade too, a licensed therapist. And the first thing they ever taught us was CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So you can change the way you think. And if you change the way you think, you can feel differently, mm-hmm. which was helpful, but was always very surface labor. And I'm gonna get into one of your one of your questions you're gonna ask me right here <laughs> to say one of the people that changed my life, who I would love to meet at a dinner table. Mm, I love that question. Is Bessel van der Kolk. Okay. Because I read his book, The Body Keeps the Score, and it changed my whole life. I'm just writing it down. <laughs> I probably spelled it way wrong, but that's okay. He's a Dutch man. He's hilarious. He's like in his, I don't know, 70s maybe. He teaches at Boston University. Um, and he's he's written that book. He's a lecturer. He's He's brilliant. But anyways, he talks about how your body is the first line of defense, your nervous system, your survival brain that takes in what's happening or or Mm -hmm. internally even. And so you could tell somebody what happened to to your blue in the face, but like trauma or wounds are not uh, logical. Right. And so it doesn't matter what you tell somebody and like talk therapy can only go so far because your body has taken it in. Yes. And so that's what I talk about the release on our website is like, that's part of our process is unleashing the energy because everything is energy and unleashing what's been stuffed inside you, what you've been like, that's the stuck Mm is the energy that's literally stuck in your body. And it it translates to, I am stuck, but you Uh, have tools. There are tools in the world to work through that. Yes. I'm so glad you just said that. I'm so, so glad that you just said that because people, when, when, and, and again, I know from experience, I've, I've gone through clinical depression and 
severe anxiety and I've dealt with all kinds of, I'm just going to say garbage (laughs) that comes along with it. And when you're, when you feel stuck like that, you, sometimes you begin to feel hopeless and feel like, Mm -hmm. well, this is just what it is. And I'm just going to have to float through life and either this will end at some point or it won't. Right. And it's just, it's hard because you, you sometimes forget that not forget you don't realize or you believe you don't know you've been what you've been told right and I just always had this inclination there was something more to the story and I always felt like this um because I I really didn't like in mental health how you would just slap labels on people and that's it you know Mm -hmm. Um, I just even at the mental health center I used to work at, there was, there was no, like there was groups, but there was no groups on trauma. There was nothing mm-hmm. on trauma and that boggled, boggled my mind. And so I created a group on trauma. I said, I'm going to teach people what trauma is and help them work through it That's because crazy. it's so imperative. And, and those are the people that needed it the most for the least resources. Exactly. You know? Yes. And that's something that is so common, you know, because, because, if you don't know where to find the help, mm-hmm. you kind of, yeah. where do you go? Right. And th- and that's exactly like I was saying before we started. You don't know where you are. How do you know where you're going? Yes. You know? Oh my gosh. That's like the yeah. best quote ever because it's so incredibly true. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned to you before we started recording that the whole point of my podcast mm-hmm. is to give people the resources that they might need. I can't, I have my own training and specialization mm-hmm. But even if I interview someone who does exactly the same work that I do, we're different people. And Mm -hmm. it's so important to me that people know that they can look for the help that they need, that they Mm -hmm. can find it. It is out there. But the thing is, is that women specifically, we don't trust ourselves. That's the huge thing. And that's what we, that's the point A to B that we hope to get women to is to trust their internal guidance system. And so they say, well, I want to do this thing called EMDR, let's say, but I'm not totally sure. I don't know yep. anyone that's done it. And so they make excuses for themselves. Excuses. You know? Oh, I do know. Cause I have been that person. I yeah. have been that person to make excuse after excuse after excuse. And I can speak for myself and say throughout my life, every time I made those excuses, it was fear, mm-hmm. fear of finding out the truth, fear of what, what is the truth fear Mm -hmm. of getting better because you know and that one's one that I think a lot of people deal with is it it seems illogical Mm -hmm. well why would you not want to get better but but with a lot of these things it takes understanding yourself I think and really realizing you have to know yourself yes totally reading my mind here (laughs) it's so true and the funny thing is, you know what we're really good at doing, people just in general? We're really good at telling other people what they should do. Yes. Funny to me. Like, we're really good at saying, like, oh, my brother should be doing this type of therapy. You know, I had the, a friend tell me this the other day. Said, I really want my brother to do, like, EMDR. And I said, well, have you done EMDR? She said, no. <laughs> I haven't done EMDR. Well. Said, the best way, I think, once you heal yourself, once you do the work yourself, you can heal the people around you. It's like, a, I think of like a tree rooted, you're the tree and branches start to go out and they reach other trees. It's like your nervous system, they connect. 
because people's nervous system want to be regulated. Mm -hmm. You can't help but like, if you're yelling at somebody and they're totally stark calm, you can't help but reach down to their level, basically. So when you heal yourself, you heal your the people around you. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's slow, but it's a process, you know. Absolutely, and 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 that I I, I sort of chuckled there for a second a second because <laughs> it's that you know people hear I just feel like there's this perpetual issue with humans where we want that instant gratification. I want it now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this thing that's going to take time and work and. Yep. And I know because I've been that person many times. I'm a very impatient person. It's very hard for me to, you know, take it down a notch and say, whoa. But man, have I learned when I do take it down a notch and say, whoa, let's let's take our time with this. Those are when the greatest transformations of my life have occurred. That's when I suddenly have that epiphany moment in whatever the situation is and say, oh. Why did it, why did I feel like I needed to rush through that? Of course I didn't need to. I need because because you, you have to. You know, you mentioned an onion earlier. You know, the layers, and mm-hmm. I, I, we are like that. We have layers, and we don't always realize we heal in layers too. Yes, we're never done healing. And no. I used to think that. I used to think, well, if I do this much therapy, this much coaching, this much body work, I'll be done. It'll be good. The rest nope. of my life will be great. And then I was rudely awakened. <laughs> Wait a minute. I guess it doesn't work that way. But that, yeah, even, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it even happened to me <clears throat> last week. I was a little bit triggered because I was waking up crying every morning. I was like, why am I waking up crying every morning? And I was triggered because I used to wake up crying because when I was younger, the bullying, I would have nightmares about it, the isolation of it the feeling unsafe about it. Um, And I thought, did I not heal this wound? Am I an imposter? Like started spin a little bit. And I was like, slow down. Just let yourself feel something because these are wounds. They're trying to tell you something here. There's something here you're not hearing yet. And so I just slowed down. And I'd made it a really good routine recently to wake up before my daughter, before Mm -hmm. my husband, go on a run. And so I woke up one morning with tears in my eyes and I went on a run. And I was running and I noticed I felt really exposed out in the open and unsafe. And then I went into the forest. I felt really safe under the canopy of trees. And I literally felt like the trees were like calling to me. Oh, amazing. So I went up to like the biggest, tallest tree I could find. And I just like kind of put my hand on it. And then I felt like I needed to put my forehead against it. Mm -hmm. And I started to breathe into the tree. And I started crying and I realized that I was crying because my grandmother is dying. She's Mm. sick. And it's not that she's just dying. I don't have the relationship that I always wanted with her. So I'm grieving that loss. And I'm also grieving the loss that she never got to show up in her light Mm. in this life. And as I started to process that, instead of just thinking about the negative interactions I've had with her, I started to remember the glimmers, like the really positive, loving experiences I've had with her. And then I started to notice all the amazing things my grandmother has done for our family. It's not black and white. And so my, 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 my body and my mind started to shift into this new perspective. And I started to forgive myself for having the guilt of not, you know, seeing her in recent years. And I let go and I forgave her. 
to for not being the person I wanted her to be for me. That's powerful. I just had a lot of gratitude that I could show up in my light. And she's a reason that I am here. Yeah, that's incredible. To be able to, you said a lot of amazing stuff there, but there was one thing that's really, uh, I guess I want to say jumping out at me. And that's grieving that you didn't get to have the relationship with her that you wanted. And Mm -hmm. the reason that jumps out at me is because grief is such a complicated thing. And so often I talk to people and they, they don't realize that you can and should grieve situations. You know, I I feel like people often, I'm going to use the word stuck for a second, get Mm -hmm. stuck on grief is when someone dies. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that grief is so much more complicated than that. Like I, I always, you know, with the people that I work with, because I, you know, work with women going through infertility or pregnancy or postpartum after infertility, it's a realization that you're allowed to grieve this thing that is taking so much from you, you know what I mean? And, and it's such a similar, yeah, yeah, it is a loss. Exactly. And, and I just, I just wanted to mention that because, you know, when when you had this experience, it's so incredibly powerful and realizing that you are grieving so many different things. And one of those things is this relationship that you wanted. And that's very, very hard. I just think that's pretty, Oh, it's the word I'm looking for. Incredible. I use that word a lot, Thank but you. it really is. And it's Thank powerful you. to be it able. Felt, it to, felt good. Yeah, I bet. I'm, and, I'm really proud of myself. And I can say that I used to not like tell myself that, but I'm proud of myself because it was a spiritual experience. Like if you told me I was like hugging trees and stuff and crying into them, like a few years ago, I would have like laughed at you. And like, like, okay. Really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Right. Um, <laughs> But I'm tapping back into my soul. And Krista has helped me do that just by being in my life. Um, I, I cut off my soul a little bit, the spiritual side, because of religion. I had some kind of trauma re- around uh, religion earlier in my life, too. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, this is all bad. Right. But I'm coming back into it and standing in my own light and making it my own again. Standing in your own light. Mm-hmm. I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> I'm just making a note here to myself to quote you standing in my own light. I mean, gosh, that is, well, I'm proud of you too. I'll tell you that because I know what a big deal it is to work through things in life. I'm just going to generalize it right there and say that because yeah. it is a big deal. And I just think that's incredible. I'm going to say it again. I love that <laughs> word. It is. It's a and it's one it, of my favorite words. <laughs> it's been a healing experience because I, I told my mom about it and um I love my mom, but we we we've been we've been through things. I carry the mother wound, she carries the mother wound, and so mm-hmm. forth. You know, there's a whole tied into World War II ancestral yeah. talk about trauma there. Um yeah. yeah. Um but we've healed like healing myself she's also done a lot of healing and we've come back together and we have the, the greatest relationship now. And she's actually got, she's got Lyme's disease and she's mm. teaching so so much about how to just be, even though she's so sick. Yeah. Um, but I told her about the experience and she said, I think that's the most mature thing she's you've ever said. And she's and how proud she was. And that it just made me cry too. I was just going to say that. 
because that hearing something like that, you know, I feel like even regardless of what the relationship is between some someone and their mother, hearing something like that from your mother is very powerful. Yeah, very powerful. It's very connecting yes. for us. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I can't stop smiling because it, <laughs> it's just so incredible. I did want to ask you, um, because I know we had talked about this when we talked before, and that was your um, experience having your daughter. I know that you had a major um, mm-hmm. scare, mm-hmm. a lot more than a scare. Um, and, and when you told me about it before, it was very, very powerful to me. I spent weeks thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love if, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit about you know, your story and, and, and kind of how, how that, I'm going to use the word experience, but I feel like that doesn't mm-hmm. do it justice, but how that experience that you went through has affected you and, and, and the work that you do and, and how you help people, because that was a life-changing experience. Yeah, it was profoundly changed my life because I look at my life now before Isabel and after Isabel, basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So basically everything that could go wrong to me went wrong with me in my labor. And it was about two days of laboring and yeah. I still wasn't in the world. And um, about four midwives later, you know, um, I had to go in for an emergency C-section. And mm-hmm. luckily the anesthesiologist put me under because I could feel them poking me mm-hmm. and he had had an experience where his wife could actually feel the C-section. So immediately that tapped him into knowing I have to do this now for her because I don't want anything else to happen to her. Yeah. Oh, thank God. So he put me under, but the crazy part about that was that I just knew in my heart that I was going to die. Like I just had this feeling. I was very close to death, trusting your body. And I was hyperventilating, obviously, Mm. because I didn't want to die. Of course. And he said, you got to take some deep breaths here. And so I did. And I just remember thinking, I just accepted death. And I said, I might not wake up and that's going to have to be okay. That's what I said to myself. And then I just did it. So accepting death basically has changed my life I would because I came back into the world and it was really hard for, I'd say the first five, six months of, of, you know, my life then, with a newborn and I had PTSD because mm. of it. Oh, I can't um, imagine. Yeah. So the only way I can describe it is that when somebody would come over, that was obviously like really calm. I have like one friend that's so calm and I love her so much, but she came over one day and it was just us. And I literally felt like I wanted to rip my skin off because I just couldn't even handle being with her. Yeah. And it made me really have this deep understanding of safety. Like when you've been through something, your body has been through something, it's stuck in the past, like how bad it feels, Yep. you know, and I had to do a lot of, I had to invest a lot in myself because I knew it immediately. Like I can't live this way and like pass this on to my daughter because I'd already done so much work before her and like Mm -hmm. done so much work when she was in my womb and I said like, no, I like dug in my heels. So I basically just spent every day, like I did therapy and coaching and, um, I got on my mat every day. I started out that like five minutes every day. I'm just going to lay on my mat. And I did like five minutes of 
child's pose. And I mm-hmm. felt proud of myself, I remember. And then it just picked up. And then pretty soon I was like doing 30 minutes of it. And, you know, I just called in all my people and all my resources. One of my friends is a mycologist. And so he gave me psilocybin and microdose and that Mm -hmm. changed my life too, because that helped my body start to feel safe again and my thoughts to connect with my body again. Mm -hmm. So I was not messing around. I pulled out all the resources that I could and all the people in my life. Yeah. You know, that, and that right there is something to be incredibly proud of is, you know, wanting this, I want to say better life. That's not quite what I mean. You, you not just wanting to be yourself again, really Mm -hmm. a better version of yourself, but, Mm -hmm. but doing the work that's so difficult to take that first step. And I love that you said, you know what, start simple. You know, you Mm -hmm. said five minutes and you did little by little and that look at you now, you've completely changed your life. And I'm sure, you know, I I think I I, I am not an expert, you know, I am not a licensed therapist like you. This is just, you know, me thinking out loud here, but I feel like trauma, anxiety, depression, stress, all of these things for those of us who deal with them, it's really hard to get a handle on it unless you take your time, like we were talking about before, and you treat yourself gently and say, yeah. okay. Gentle is the new perfect. Yes. You yeah. have to be gentle with yourself. I mean, gosh, I've learned that the hard way. If I am not gentle with myself, guess what? <laughs> Nothing's no. going to happen and it's only going to get worse. No, I had to like trust in people. Yeah. And trust. That's such a big word that we're talking about so much and such an important Mm -hmm. word Mm -hmm. because trust is essential. Yeah. I had the one thing I think of like after that experience with my grandmother and the tree, I like leaned myself against the tree. I felt like I had to put my weight against it. And I just imagined like my ancestors carrying me. And it's like in this lifetime too, like you have to there has to be people like a tribe. And that's what we're trying to create, like the sisterhood of women to catch you the same as your ancestors, because like connection really is the most healing thing you can have in the world over anything. I agree. Safe connection. I love it. I mean, seen fully by someone that's been the best medicine for me. Like I only have people in my life now that I feel seen by Mm -hmm. and the rest I've let go. I'm not saying I'm better than them. I'm just on a different page of life. Yes. For me. Yeah. Oh. You can love somebody from afar. And I do love all those people from afar. I'm going to applaud you because that is a very, very difficult thing for people to do, but an essential mm-hmm. thing. I, I did that a long time ago. I I won't go into detail, but I, I had mm-hmm. some toxic, I'm going to call in this particular situation, friendships, plural. Yep. And there came a point where it was kind of like, what are these people bringing to my life? Ultimately, they're bringing me constant anxiety and stress and questioning things and being anxious all the time. I can't live like that. It's a pattern. We get stuck in. I've totally been there. And you realize when you're out of it, it's like being in a toxic, you know, any kind of romantic relationship. You don't realize it when you're in it. And then you get out of it. It's like, whoa. I still grieve about some of those friendships too, because you know what, just like my grandmother, it's not all black and white, you know, yeah. like I honor those 
relationships and Krista speaks all about like soul contracts like Mm -hmm. there is a reason that you meet the people in your life that you meet like some people are supposed to like bring gifts to you basically and some people are bringing triggers out to you Mm -hmm. and triggers are actually gifts basically right triggers are showing you that there are wounds that need to be healed that were already there before you met that person right oh I'm silent here because like yeah it's just (laughs) you word it so well it makes so much sense and soul contract I mean gosh that's like been in my head now for a minute since (laughs) since you said that and like it's true you know I I I was thinking you know about this talk these toxic relationships and friendships that I had to let go of but it occurred to me I, I there was a friend that I had who I adored she was just someone I connected with. I had fun. We were always hanging out. We were always having so much fun. We had very different lives. She had two little kids. She was married. I wasn't. I wasn't mm-hmm. married. I wasn't even, I think I was in a relationship with someone. I don't even remember. But our lives were very different. But we worked together and we just had so much fun. We'd go out, we'd hang out at her house, we'd hang out at my house. We just were always hanging out. And after a couple of years, I don't really know what happened, but we completely drifted apart. I am, I mean, completely like I've only, I think seen or talked to her maybe two or three times over the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting. This conversation is reminding me that like, I didn't let go of a friendship because it was toxic, Mm -hmm. but the truth is we were on different paths in our lives and that's okay. But in this particular situation, I feel like neither of us could go where we needed to go if we had right. continued our friendship the way it was going. You know what I mean? It wasn't a bad thing. Our relationship yeah. was wonderful, but there just came a point where I wasn't moving toward my goals and I don't think she was either. And it was almost like we it's drifted like apart and we both together. Yeah, exactly. Like how Krista talks about it is like, you when you make go through shifts what I help women go through with their nervous system or whatever any kind of shift you go up another frequency like that's what I just feel like happened to me mm-hmm. after that experience with my yes. grandmother um, I feel like I'm at lo- another level of consciousness that I wasn't at before mm-hmm. you know and totally. when you get do that dance with people it like prevents you and them from moving through what they need to move through yes. you know and exactly. I was stuck for so long with my family there because I tried to fix my family mm-hmm. so hard. And yeah. I poured all my love and all my support and all my resources into everybody in my family. And I forgot about me. Yep. And the eye-opening part of it was that I had to realize I'm part of the cycle. Yeah. And if I don't do the things for myself, then nothing about this is going to change. Well said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you said it. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, let's let's change gears here. Talk my 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 fun questions. I mean, one of them is more serious than the other, but they're still fun. Um, and I know you already answered one of them, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. I'm going to give you both questions. Um, we'll do the first one first, and that is: Who are three people who have had the most influence or have been the most inspirational to you in your life? You know what? We'll we'll go with that one first, then we'll do the fun one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I would say the first person is my dad, who I called my papa. And uh, he died when I was 10. He was only 43 years old when he passed. Um, 
he was an entrepreneur himself and everyone he tells how much my spirit and how I look just resembles him so much. Um, yeah, he was an amazing person. He was just one of the people that he would light up a room just by walking in it. Basically he was funny, had a crazy sense of humor and compassionate, very quick. And he had a lot of grit. Um, so he, he built a business, you know, he said, I'm going to be a millionaire by 30. And he well surpassed that, you know, so he passed on, but he was able to leave, you know, his partner with enough money, you know, and experience to have a life that she can be comfortable in. Now she's really sick. And so she doesn't have to work and she can heal actually. So like things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Oh, I totally Um, agree with you there. Yeah. And he was just amazing. Yeah. He was an amazing person and I, I miss him still every day, but I feel him with me all the time and I'm excited to tell my daughter all about him. Oh, yeah. she'll love hearing about him. Yeah. She'll yeah. That's awesome. He's a bright spot in my life. And who else? So I would say, I'm going to say all family here. My, my husband, mm-hmm. I can't not say my husband, my husband that. has pivotally changed my life. Um, I mean, I've known him for like, since I was 19, when I met him and we have a funny story. I didn't like him when I met him. (laughs) I thought he was a jerk. I love it. And he won my heart over. It took a time. It took some time. We were really good friends. And then he, we finally, you know, started to date each other. And I was just really scared because he was my best friend and I didn't want that to end. Um, but you had, I had to take a risk. That's yep. part of life is falling in love with life enough to take yes, risks. Absolutely. And it's been the best risk I've ever taken in my life is, is being with him because um, he's such a good partner. Um, he helps me grow and I help him grow. Like, you know, sometimes like he'll take the turn of like going to school or having this big thing and then I'll take the turn. It's mm-hmm. like, like a seesaw. Um, we really balance each other um, and we're just really there for each other. Um yeah. Makes me so happy. Yeah. So definitely my husband, Kyle. And um, it's kind of like two more people, actually. It's my Go mother. It. My mother, for sure. She she has taught me just so much in my life. And um, even though we've gone through a lot of battles and it's actually been very tumultuous for a period of my life, um, she's just taught me about how much strength you can have as a person and resiliency regardless, because she has been through so much shit in her life (laughs) and she still goes on and she still has, she's so smart and she has like this abundant like mindset that's come Mm -hmm. out of this, even though she's so ill and I really admire her for that. Yeah. And Another person is my cross country coach in high school. Oh, nice. <laughs> she she was a pivotal person because I was very alone and didn't know what I was doing. I was pretty aimless and just felt really lonely at that time in my life. And she actually told a story about her father passing and we were at the same age when her father passed and how she would find heads up pennies mm-hmm. when she would go for walks or runs. And I was finding heads of pennies ever since my dad passed and I was picking them up, just didn't know why, but I was picking mm-hmm. them up. She told me that story and it not like all clicked for me. Basically it was like messages. 
And so I had like a whole jar of these pennies and I even oh, have stories so relating to like my first meet that I ever had and finding one like on the school bus step and just some crazy experiences where you, you wouldn't expect these things to be. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think that's so cool. And I love, I love hearing stories like that. I love stories. I love hearing about yeah. people and, and, and things like that. And that's just something really special, I think. Yeah. So that's super yeah. cool. Super she cool. was a smaller part, but a big part still. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sometimes you yeah. said that well, the, the, the people who play that, that really small role mm-hmm. play a much bigger role than it appeared. Mm-hmm. But we'll say like, like I'm going to relate it to a movie for a second, not a specific movie, just movies in general, you know, a character that's on screen for 30, 30 seconds, but ultimately plays such a huge role in the entire movie. You only see them briefly. Mm-hmm. But the deeper meaning of of who they are and what they do for you or mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. Anyway, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. Okay. And I know you already mentioned one of these, but we'll okay. we'll go through it again. You can repeat it or not. It's up to you. Three people, and I, I always say people in quotes, um, that you could invite to a dinner party if you're into dinner parties some people aren't so it could just be hanging out you know someone was talking about what was it um not shucking corn it was something else green beans I think I don't remember and I think she was you know her her dream was like sitting on her grandmother's front porch in I want to say in Alabama and that was her idea of like image I used to shuck corn on the back steps of our porch I lived on a farm growing up oh amazing I did not live on a farm, but I have very, very vivid, fond memories of shucking corn with my grandmother Mm. outside in our backyard. We had a pool and the family would all come over to the pool and my grandmother and the kids, we'd all sit there with our brown paper bags, shucking the corn. corn. It's just like one of those really, really fond memories. So it's really cool Mm -hmm. that you have a a similar one. I like that. Um, So these three people, they can be anybody or not people. They can be dead or alive or fictional or real or book characters or cartoons. They could be Fraggles from Fraggle Rock, if you know what that is, because I had a conversation with someone who had no idea what Fraggle Rock was, and it made me want to cry. It made me feel old. (laughs) Please tell me you know Fraggle Rock. I don't know. No, it's a Jim Henson thing. Look it up. Okay, I love Jim Henson. It's it's like Muppets, but they're it's not the Muppets, but it's similar concept. Oh, I can't believe you don't know Fraggles. Best show ever from the 80s. I'm just saying but I digress. Anyway, they could be anything you want. These three characters will just say to make it easier. So, and they could be animals. I mean, like literally anything. So who would those three be and why? Um, well, the first one I said going into ancestry is I have a 10th great grandmother. Her name was Elizabeth Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so her husband was named Paul Benoit. He's my 10th great grandfather. and they boarded a ship in France and came over to Montreal mm-hmm. and helped found the city of Montreal. Like really? their names are on like a plaque and everything. Wow. Yeah. And they lived actually where that plaque was in old town Montreal. And cool. I just think that's amazing to like board a ship, like to be French and then get off the ship and like go to this whole new place you've never been before. And then like, like found a city. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. 
but that That's like incredible. that like gives me more understanding of where all this passion to build things comes from yes. it's in oh. my DNA, you know wow. like they're builders like we just like to create I love creating new things and I could never see myself working for anyone anymore because I just I have to go on my own stream basically That's incredible yeah. and and I yeah. get it yeah I just before you continue I just have to tell you not mm-hmm. only how cool that story is but that connection you that you made to mm-hmm. understand yourself I just made that connection by the way I mean <laughs> but, it's, but it makes so much sense it's, it does know, and just as yeah. a side note my my grandmother was she passed away last uh in 2020 in De- the uh Christmas Eve on in 2020 and she was a holocaust survivor oh. as was her brother and her parents it gave me and, chills okay. yeah. yeah and uh it's just talking with you it's just so powerful to me because all these things about myself i understand so much of me based on my grandmother and particularly yeah. her father. Oh, I'm wow. a lot like my great grandfather who I never met. Wow. And, but, but not just personality wise, like you, when you were telling that story about this great grandmother mm-hmm. and that, you know, how do you describe it? Passion to build things. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting to me, just as, again, as a side note, just we're having this conversation, it just popped into my head. I'm an artist. That's one of the things I do is I make things. I like to sew in particular. I like to make wallets using vintage and antique fabric. It's just, I don't know why. I just started doing it when I was about 30. It's weird. And it's like deeply passionate. And what's so interesting is my great grandfather owned a textile factory in Vienna, in Austria. Ah. And it's crazy to me because I'm like, maybe some That's of his fabrics weird. came from his factory. What? This is crazy. Your DNA. Right? And it's just, about. it's yeah. so cool thinking about that and knowing what, you know, understanding what you're, uh, you're talking right. about. Anyway, I didn't mean uh, to interrupt you there. I no. just had to share that because I thought you'd appreciate it. Yeah, I do. I actually want to talk to you more about your history now because it sounds fascinating. It is so fascinating. Connect to some of what you're saying too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We'll have to talk more about it. (laughs) Anyway, back to you. I interrupted you and I don't want to do that. I need to plug my computer in. That's just a funny side note is that um, somebody asked me if Isabel, we call her Izzy, um, if she's named after to anyone in the family and I said no it's just a name that I like and actually my name is almost going to be Isabel then it got changed to Marie and my I that always kind of stuck with me yeah and um and I do love Belle from you know the princesses too she's, yeah. a, French, she's a French prince princess but um apparently her nick everybody called her Isabel Benoit which is crazy to me because I had no idea it's crazy yeah now you just gave me chills <laughs> that's so cool and yeah. unexpected don't mind me ow totally I'm gonna go off screen for one second because I have to get my computer charger no worries oh, oh no I'll edit this out <laughs> I promise yeah yeah, yeah. Um, give me one more second I can't yeah, reach yeah. it <laughs> Okay. Oh, come on. Is that the wrong number? 
Okay. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. We're good. Now. <laughs> okay. So that is crazy and awesome. That it's really, I had chills when you told me that story just now. I can't even. That's incredible. Now my series talking to you. Oh, there we go. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was feedback from me. <laughs> I thought I was hearing myself. <laughs> okay. So you've got your 10th great grandmother, Elizabeth Benoit. You had, wait, you mentioned, was it Bessel van der Kirk? Oh, sorry. One second. Yeah, no like, problem. I have a speaker on the background that will not turn off. <laughs> I don't know how that goes. <laughs> this one time I was like counseling with somebody, like doing EMDR or something, and like this like total like rap song just came out, like it was super inappropriate. It was like <laughs> busting. Like I was like, oh my god, like, I love it. Those are the best stories, though. Oh yeah. man, I get it. Oh, that's funny. His name is Bessel van der Kolk. Yeah, he's a Dutch. He's actually, his family is Holocaust survivors too. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. He's amazing. His book is amazing. What was the name of his book? I'm just curious. The Body Keeps the Score. It's an amazing book. Read it and check, check it out. Left hand, but it's really good. I'll check that out for sure. I'm making a note to myself. There's no more room on this paper to take notes. <laughs> okay, so you've got two for your super cool dinner party and the third one I'm throwing in the mix is Moana's grandmother (laughs) nice okay I've never seen Moana so that makes me kind of ridiculous I should probably see it well I see well I listen to Moana like every day because I have a two-year-old that is obsessed (laughs) with water and she she got to see this movie at her aunt's house and now she's obsessed with it so I show it to her sometimes so I watch it but I don't kids will not watch any movie I don't understand why right she only likes that and can't do that's it that's it (laughs) that's all she likes but it's funny to me because both those movies are about ancestral wounds and Mm -hmm. cycle breaking basically so I'm like well that's weird it works Um, (laughs) that's really cool Uh, (laughs) but I love Moana's grandmother because she doesn't go with the fray she just does her own thing basically and she's quirky and she's funny and she just she yeah, that's who I want to be when I'm older. It's Moana's grandmother. I Just love doing it. my own thing, basically. Yeah, as it should be. That's so cool. I love it. I, I love the it. Three of them together and us make a good conversation. I think that would be an awesome gathering. I'm gonna call it a gathering in case you don't want a dinner gathering. Party. For me, it would be a dinner party, but that's just me. Not everybody likes dinner parties. Maybe like a murder mystery party. Ooh, now that you know, it's yeah. funny. Friends of ours just had a murder mystery party with family a few weeks ago, and the pictures were hilarious. Their son, who is what is he, thirteen? He was part of it. It was just a whole thing, and it looked like so much fun. And they got oh. to dress up and like, oh yeah. We I mean, do oh, sometimes it's so oh, much fun. Yeah, we never oh. do, and I want to do more stuff like yeah, that. Do it. Planted the seed in my head. We'll have to yeah. do it for sure. All right, last question for you. And it's a really simple one. And it is, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have a really special group on Facebook called Sacred Healing for Ancestral Wounds. And that is open for all women. 
Um, it's a really good place to find support and connection and resources and to hear more about our program, but even just not that, just have support. So that's a great place to connect. And then um, we also have an Instagram like you were talking about, and it's just unbound underscore women underscore. Feel free to message me on there. I love connecting with people. Um, and then through email, it's just info at unboundwomen.us. Love it. Well, Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today and to talk. You know, this has been a long, a long time in the works for us. And I'm so, so grateful that we finally had the chance to to talk. This was awesome. So thank you. Yeah, this is amazing. I needed this. (laughs) 